So Merry Christmas, everyone. For those of you who have been here on Sundays uh, throughout the month so far, um, you probably know we're using um, Howard Thurman's book, Meditations of the Heart. And in fact, the, the candlelighting uh, little ceremony that Star and I did was from Meditations of the Heart. And one of the things I love about the book is that he orients his discussion of the holiday season around the idea of gifts. And so indeed, uh, uh, my, uh, my talk today is entitled, These Gifts. And of course, I think the idea of giving a gift at Christmas time comes from the idea of the wise man who traveled from the Orient with their gifts of frankincense and myrrh to the manger to see the newborn Christ child. Um, of course, I think we have taken that idea a little bit further <laughs> in current years. Do you know what I mean? I think the idea of gift giving has turned into, um, you know, if not a national treasure, sometimes a national nightmare. <laughs> and so I also wanted to talk just a little bit about that today before we get into the more sacred nature of talking about gifts. And in fact, I, I'll start out with a joke here. So three gifts. Three sons left home and went out on their own, and indeed they prospered. Getting together one year before Christmas, they discussed the gifts that they were sending their elderly mother. The first said, I built a new house for mom this year. The second said, for Christmas, I sent her a Mercedes. And the third one smiled and said, you know, I don't have as much money going with me, but I think I have you both beat this Christmas. You remember how mom enjoyed reading the Bible to us when we were children? Well, I sent her a remarkable gift. It's a parrot that recites the entire Bible. It took our church elders 12 years to teach him the entire contents of the Bible. All mom has to do is name the chapter and the verse, and the parrot will recite it. Well, soon after, they received their letters of thank you from their mother. Dear Milton, she wrote one son, the house you built for me is lovely, but it's so very large. I'm having trouble just keeping it clean. Dear Gerald, she wrote to the second son, I gave up my driver's license last year. You've got to know the Mercedes is a lovely thought, but maybe someone else would have better use for it. Dearest Donald, she wrote the third, you have the good sense to know what your mother likes best. The chicken was delicious. <laughs> All right. I couldn't resist. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist. So what is, what is this idea of the Christmas present? And why have we gotten so wrapped up in it? You know, every year, especially I think for parents, the, the holidays, though lovely, are filled with a little bit of anxiety as well. You know, what, what, what's up for kids this year? What's popular for kids? And, and for those of us who don't have children, even just our, our other relatives, I mean, there's the, the story of the frightening Christmas sweater that we're apt to get. There's the, the story of so many Christmas presents gone bad. It kind of ups the ante a little bit. But, you know, I wanted to reassure you Christmas is not perhaps as bad as you might think it is. And I'd like to do another reading from Howard uh, Thurman here on Christmas. This is also from Meditations of the Heart. He says, I place these gifts on my altar this Christmas, gifts that are mine even as the years are mine. 
the quiet hope that floods the earnest cargo of my dreams, and the best of all good things for those I love, a fresh new trust for all whose faith has dimmed, the love of life, God's precious gift in reach of us all, seeing in each day the seeds of the morrow, finding in each struggle a strength of renewal, seeking in each person the face of a brother. I place these gifts on my altar this Christmas, gifts that are mine, even as the years are mine. And so I wanted to take the idea of these gifts of Howard Thurman's and study them a little bit. He has three main gifts there, and so I wanted to speak about them. The first is the best of all good things to the people I love. And, and I think that's where we're headed with our general Christmas gifts, isn't it? We really want to give the gift of life, of love, and, and some stuff sometimes to the people that we care about. And whether they're five years old, as we can hear upstairs, or whether they're uh, 95 years old, I think people do love both giving and receiving gifts. But I have some news for you, especially for kids. The gifts that are sought after might not necessarily be what you think they are. So this was just published on December 22nd in the Herald Sun. Uh, and what they did was they did a surveys of Santas. So, so they, uh, they interviewed um, uh, probably about 50 or 60 Santas so that we could have an idea of what children are really wanting. Well, certainly puppies, pythons, phones, pads, and iPods were on children's list this year. But you know what? As many or more children said that they asked for peace on earth or more joy right at home. Kids asked me for a happy Christmas with their family, said one Santa. They said they already had enough toys. That's coming from kids as young as five. They certainly have asked for things, but sometimes not for themselves. One child said, I think my parents need something to cheer them up. I had one child who wanted a real live alien, said a Santa, in, in Auckland, Australia. Uh, and a few kids have asked to have Rudolph, my reindeer. One wanted a real monster truck so he could run over other cars. <laughs> but, but more popular is that children say they don't necessarily want anything. They just want their parents to be happy. Now what does that look like? Can we give the gift of happiness to the people we love? Because I think that's the way that the people we love want to see us. I think uh, our own ability to be happy for the holidays, our own ability to spread good cheer, our own ability to provide a, a loving and warm and uh, perhaps beautiful environment for the people that we love, this might be the greatest gift of all. It's what many of these children wanted, on top of their iPods, of course, what can we do to bring about truly more sense of warmth, of holiday cheer, of, of love and happiness for the people that we care about? Might just be a couple extra phone calls. It might be uh, um, having a few extra people in for Christmas dinner later today 
Do you know what I mean? I remember as a, as a child, we had a family at Christmas dinner, but we also had the people that I called uncle and aunt, even though they were no relation to me at all. Do you have some of those people that you're inviting over today as well? The people whose lives you brighten up by including them in your extended family. Make a few extra phone calls. Set an extra place at dinner. These are the gifts that will endure a lifetime. These are the gifts that truly make this promise of the best of all good things for people you love. So what are they really? They're the gift of time, the gift of quality, the gift of listening, the gift of paying attention. Do you know what uh, another thing that people say around the world is the best gift? It's really being listened to. It's really when you're talking to someone and they absolutely know what you're talking to because they're paying attention. And they're not necessarily offering their advice on how you should have done it. They're not necessarily offering their take on what should happen. They're truly being your friend in that place of the silence, holding you in love, listening. It's also the gift of moral support, of being there, of being both human and spiritual at the same time. These are the gifts that we can give those people that we love the most. And they're the gifts that will endure for a lifetime. The second thing that Howard Thurman said in, that, uh, in the reading I did was the love of life, that this is something that we can give. It is the gift of enthusiasm, the gift of humor, the gift of having a good time. Do you know how important it is to have a good time? Now, we think of it in terms of ourselves, right? We plan vacations. We, we plan times of just joy, you know, whether it's uh, off to Disneyland like my partner and I did last year or, or something quite simple like inviting people over to play Scrabble or something fun. Um, we think we do it for ourselves, and we do, of course. But we're enhancing the world even as we are having joy. There's something about the intensity of the, I don't know if you want to call it the vibration of it or whether you want to call it the sense of it, whether you want, whether you want to call it just your, your own presence. But when you are in the midst of a joyous moment, you light up the whole room. When someone in great joy walks into a somber room, very seldom does that person come down. Instead, even though it's one person with great joy and a room full of people that are more somber, do you know what happens? It's like the room is lit up. The room is raised up. And by the time that person has said hello to two or three people and given a hug or two, all that somberness is gone. The joy that we have in our heart, the joy that we plan, the, the joy that we seek out and bring out, is for the planet. Let's not be stingy this year. Let's have some good fun. Let's plan some parties. Let's, uh, and let's do some unplanned fun as well. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing better than calling someone up on the spur of the moment and saying, let's go to lunch. I haven't talked to you in a while. Let's do something fun tonight. Have you seen the crazy new movie or whatever it is? These are the gifts that are so easily given and that stick with us the whole year. Finally, Howard Thurman says, seeking in each person the face of my brother or my sister. This is an important one, I think, as well. 
What causes the world its greatest strife, what causes, I think, all of the war, the distrust, is not so much that we're intending to harm the other people on the planet, is that we don't recognize that they're just like us. That they're but for a distribution of geography there, but for a a distribution or a difference in religion there, but for the difference of our our sex or the color of our skin or, or where we're born or the economic position that we are, we could be there. So let us also this season give the gift of recognizing in each person that we meet, regardless of the situation, regardless of how they might appear on the outside or the way that they're dressed, let us regard them as a friend. Let us regard them as, a, as another of God's creations that is absolutely as holy, as, as beautiful, as loving as we are. You know, I got a little bit in trouble, I think, on Memorial Day. I, uh, I did a, a blessing that included blessing really all the nations on the world, including those that we're in conflict with right now. And there was a, a, a gentleman afterwards that said, you know, I appreciated that you blessed the troops, but I got the distinct feeling that you were maybe blessing the troops on both sides of what's going on in the Middle East. And I said, well, I, I have to be honest with you. Of course, all of our servicemen and women Uh, Of course, they're right here in my heart. And what I also know is that even their people that we are currently in conflict with have just as much God in them as well. And, and, And maybe it's my duty as a minister just to bring that up. But even as I'm blessing our troops, I have to bless everyone in this situation. The people around this planet are no different than I am. Each of us has the the right to experience love and and joy and life and light. And uh, this season of all, let it be the season where we illuminate the people in our own world, even those that don't look like us, even those that have a different set of beliefs, even those in far-off countries that we only read about in the newspaper. Let us, in our heart, light a candle for everyone on this planet knowing that there is just as much God in everyone, knowing that everyone has that light in them, that everyone on this planet really wants the same gifts, those same gifts that I've been talking about today. It is the gifts of of joy, of life, of wanting the best for the people that you care about. This is universal. And let us celebrate it on this day. Um, Howard Thurman also talks uh, about uh, one of the greatest gifts that the planet has to offer, and that is that what what he termed the Christ spirit or the Christ consciousness. And and I wanted to portray this in a little bit of a historical context today. So, for those of you who have even lightly studied the Bible, I, I'm sure you notice the difference, the the huge shift between um, what we call the Old Testament and what we call the New Testament. The Old Testament um, is full of stories of God, but they tend to be a God that's a little on the dark side, a little bit on the vengeful side, you know? It was very much a God, I would say, of law. Here is a set of rules, and if you follow them, the, the full power of God will be on your side, and if you disobey them, the full power of God might be there to smote you a bit. 
contrast that with the picture of God that's in the New Testament. And I will think that you will find something remarkable here. Even if you're not a Bible scholar, even if you're not someone really who has devotionally read the Bible, you will notice right off that the God that Jesus teach about is, it's like you wonder, what, hap- you know, what happened here? Did we get rid of the old one and bring in a new one? And I think what it was is Jesus' own idea of what God was like, that God of love, that God so lovingly portrayed maybe as a a heavenly father sort of thing, uh, back when it wasn't being sexist to do that, but, but rather just the idea of someone that you would look up to with love like a father. This idea of God permeates the New Testament. And the teachings of Jesus, of course, as Howard Thurman brought them out, are very much in evidence. This is a a God that honors diversity. It wasn't just, you know, the 12 tribes that were um, there and available for this God of light and love. Gentiles as well were involved in the early Christian church and in the teachings of Jesus. He was someone that would sit down with a tax collector or a prostitute and would treat them as equals. This is truly a God that is available and loving to everyone. And so today as we we honor the birth of of this man named uh, Jesus of Nazareth, As we celebrate this birth, I think what we're really celebrating in a way is the birth of love into the world in a profound way. Up until that time in our history, the idea of God was that kind of, uh, I don't know, the sort of Santa Claus in the sky that, you know, was watching. Have you been naughty or if if you've been nice and, and heaven help you if you've been naughty. And with that, with the advent a couple thousand years ago of this awareness of a a Christ-like presence in the world, now the idea of God is all love. Now the God that is available to all and for all is a God of love. So this is perhaps a huge present to the universe that we're celebrating today. This idea of love, this idea of diversity and unity at the same time, this idea of worthiness and loveliness and joyousness for all. So today, let us honor Howard Thurman's idea of the gifts, both from the candlelighting and the reading. They are the best for all of the people we love. How can you give the gift of the best? For all the people that you love, is it a gift of your time? Is it a gift of your attention? Is it a gift of paying attention and just being with them? I think it probably is. It is the love of life itself, bringing more joy, bringing more fun, bringing the liveliness that's in your heart and in your mind to the people that you care for. And finally, it is recognizing God everywhere. In the person sitting next to you, of course, in your family members, of course, but also the person on the street corner, the person across the globe that you've never met, the people that you read about on the newspaper on both sides of the conflict. Here, too, is God. And so let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is this thing that I call God. And I know that this is In this season, of course, a God of love, pure love.
It is the love that recognizes uh, no difference between people. It is the, the love that represents no difference between classes or, or sexes or place of birth. It is the God of love available to all. I know it means me. I know it means each person in this room that each person here is called forth in love to be a witness to love in this world. And so as we go about giving our daily gifts of, of joy, of peace, of time, of quality, of goodness to the world, I know that we do it from that inspired place of knowing that that Christ presence is within each one of us, allowing us freely to give and to give and to give that our love is so full that it is truly available for all. And I am simply grateful for this. I'm simply grateful in the awareness of, of God as that biggest container of love and each of us being right in the middle of it. And so with great gratitude, I just let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.